tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Brigadier Johnson. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hello, Nick fans. Welcome back to the Nick After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Talking about Season 1, Episode 9, The Golden Lotus. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me as always, the panel's all here. Marissa Serafini is back. Hello, everyone. And Oriana Leo is here. Hey, everybody. Uh, and we have a very special guest on the line today, Mr. Granger Hines, who plays Captain Robertson on the show. Welcome to our After Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this episode opens with a bang, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think we've had a chance to see Captain Robertson really be upset. I feel like last episode uh, when Barrow went to him about money yet again, he was insulted. But this is like really like, oh man, we have we were kind of tapping into uh, what this man is capable of. Just, just, just barely, just barely. Well. My nerves are being tested, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, enough is enough, guys. <laughs> well, it seems like your your character is always every time you see him, he's always praising the Nick and, and the doctors and everyone who's doing everything for advancing medicine. But now he's actually defending his employees, which is shows a whole different side of him after all this praising. Well, well, you know, you can, if you remember early on, there was a scene, I think, with um, Algernon's father, and I'm not sure who it was with. It might have been with Algernon. And when they were talking about me growing up down there in that area where the Nick, where the Nick is, mm. and, you know, that I grew up in that area. So I had a real affinity that, to that area and, and to the hospital itself because of the immigrants and everybody. So I think he really, he really does care about that hospital a lot and really wants it to survive and wants it to be the best. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you know, he wants that hospital to be the best it can possibly be because truly it's a reflection on him. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, every well, everyone in his circle, they have the, the charities or the causes right. that they uh, spend their money on. This is you know, the face of his fortune. He has put his fortune into building up this hospital and to have its chief surgeon, which is, the, you know, their their most famous asset, to have him turn out to be a drug addict is, is a huge blow to his self-esteem. It's definitely not... Uh it's definitely not a plus i can tell you that <laughs> i mean it's going to it's going to change everything so uh i'm ve- i'm i mean you know he goes down a, a spiraling path and i mean it's amazing as as an audience member to sit and watch Clive do this because man is he doing some great work on this oh 100% now in that first scene oh. uh Dr. Thackeray and your character have this uh, back and forth of this makes us even, don't you think? And I have to ask, do you know what the backstory is? Was that provided to you or is that something that you have explored with Clive, perhaps? I've had discussions with them 
about what it could be and, you know, the possibilities of, of different things. To nail the, to, to hit the nail on the head, I can't, I'm not, I, I can't really say anything about it, right, Chet? Mm -hmm. But uh, there's definitely a history between us. And, and you know, I'm not, um, I think I respect him a hell of a lot more than I like him. Okay. Interesting. And, and I had heard one of you, I think one of you had said, I'm not sure if it was one of you or not, that had said, that it would, I would want Cornelia to be with Zachary. Was hmm. that was that someone that said that? Maybe. I don't remember any of us saying that, but it's, it's okay. Maybe it was somewhere else. Someone had said that, but that was absolutely not the truth, you know. But uh, I just, I think I really, I respect him a lot more than I like him, and I truly do respect his his talents as a, a physician. So. Um, well, that, I can't really get into too much about what happened in Nicaragua, and I'm sure that next season we're going to definitely get into it, I hope. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah, you, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> well, that actually, that really uh, strikes a chord with me just in terms of how their their relationship very much is an arrangement mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, really being colleagues. I think the most uh, at peace we saw the two of them was uh, in the, the episode They Capture the Heat. Um, but even then, it was more, you know, like, uh, let's share a walk and, uh, you know, I, I respect you. I want to hear about what you're doing, you know, with my hospital. I'm off to my poker game. And then, well, then that'll be the end. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting because when we were shooting that scene, first off, it was, it must have been 20, it was like 20 degrees out that night. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there having lines and I'm saying lines about that. You know, it seems hotter here than it ever did in Nicaragua. And, uh, you know, that was first off kind of hard to do. But when I asked him if he would have that conversation with Cornelia, mm -hmm. I kind of I was serious at, at first, you know, when I first asked him. And thank God Stephen is so uh, such a beautiful director. And, I mean, we're all just blessed to have him at the helm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was like, you know, don't. That's you don't really mean that, you know. Yeah, you don't really mean that. That you was know? something we were of, discussing. You know, I was kind of like it was kind of a joke, you know, and it kind of seemed to work really nicely when, when, uh, when Stephen suggested that. Yeah. So it was just kind of a joke with between us. Hmm. We'd been discussing that uh, during that episode of kind of does he really does he really want Thackeray to have that conversation with his daughter, or he's just expressing yeah. himself that, that he doesn't want to have to have it never, himself. That will never happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that will ever happen, no. Yeah. So, so I want to know, in, in your own words, how, how the captain feels about Mr. Barrow. Because I, I, <laughs> I want, there's like, there's one moment in particular that I love in this, in this, uh, episode. And it's when you two are sharing the cab ride and you pass him your flask. And he's just so excited. He's got the he's got the cigar in one hand and the flask in the other, and he's sharing a cab with the upper crust. And he feels like he's a part of it. And I, I feel like his desperation to be a member of your class disgusts the captain. Mm -hmm. Well, you're absolutely right, and and I do see that desperation in him. But 
I have to say, Jeremy is so good. He's so good. At what he does. Mm -hmm. He is a really wonderful actor and just does a wonderful job with the the sort of swarming, you know, kind of, he just kind of squirms, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just kind of works his way into situations. And, I mean, I hope someday there's a showdown and I hope I find out every single thing that he's done. <laughs> and, and I can't wait for that moment. I think it will be a fantastic moment. But knowing, knowing Barrow, he'll find a way out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll figure, he'll figure a way to get out of it, just like he had with that conversation with Cornelia when she was talking about the electricity and saying, you know, my father paid this money for 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 the you know the electri electrification of the hospital and and you know we we should let the lawyers deal with it. He's no 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 let 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 me just give me a little time and let me work this out. You know I need to make this right for myself. Whatever he said there, but that was the essence of it. And you know he always seems to find a way to really kind of work himself out of a situation. That was a fun scene we did in the um, in the. Um, in the carriage. That yeah. was really a nice scene. I like the way it plays because we see Barrow's desperation, but we also see that, like, he lives uptown. He has a rich wife. You know, like, he is supposed to he be does, he, a part yeah, of this. Yeah, he doesn't quite live uptown. I mean, he, he, he's he's on the fringes. Exactly, and he's on the but, fringes in so many ways, you know, where he feels like yeah. he ought to be a part of this class, but he's nowhere <laughs> close. And all the closest he's going to get is sharing a cab, I yeah. feel like. Right, right, right. Well, there were there's a, there was a lot more to that scene, and they they very intelligently cut it, you know, cut made it very bare. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure what all is there. I mean, you know, I haven't really seen that scene yet, so I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how much is left. But I mean, I, I'm hoping sure. that. I, I just know that that it's it's a very um, fine line that Barrow's walking. And I pity him today. I find out everything he's done. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about uh, the captain's relationship with his daughter um, and about her impending right. marriage. Um, I mean, obviously, he he can't possibly know what his business partner intends for her um, in that hor horrifically creepy scene at the end of episode six. That is kind of one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And when I read when I read it, you know, it was uh, it was cre creepy as well. I don't know anything about that 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 that's going on. Yeah. And um, I, I, it's a tremendous amount of fuel for next season. To be honest with you, hmm. um, my position with my daughter is basically she is supposed to do exactly what I tell her to do. Mm. I don't expect to have, you know, she's serving a purpose for me right now at the Nick. And, you know, truly I want her to get married because this is a business deal. Mm -hmm. Basically it's, it's not an arranged marriage, but it certainly works to my benefit. Mm. And I, and I want it to, you know, to work out because it's, it's, I'm in my financial situation has turned around by this episode mm -hmm. and yeah. I mean I mean but you know 
the rich have different problems than everybody else. It's, I mean, you know, my problems are somebody else having plenty of money. I mean, it's, hmm. it's, it's, um, I, I'm just, you know, my, my wealth is being challenged here definitely by the situation. Right, with everything the in the Orient, Philippines, you know, yeah. With the Philippines and all of that and the ships going down. So, I mean, I'm definitely having to figure things out. This is a very convenient situation mm -hmm. for for me to be in with um, with her uh, father-in-law yeah. in business. And, and also, you know, you know how I are you going to build? I expect her to step away from the Nick and to be a, a mother and to raise kids and to do what she's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, she's... You know, she's not supposed to be this woman of the world. I'm sort of entertained by it. Even at that, po uh, there's a poker game earlier when she comes in and she's thrilled about running around the streets and chasing, you know, typhoid uh, Mary, uh, Mary, yeah, around and all that stuff. And I'm kind of, ex I'm kind of excited for her because I see that she's excited. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, she's my daughter, and I want her to provide grandchildren for me and to do take her place as a woman in the household and not be doing what she's doing now that's my position right now I and think you, um I and, you know i mean even in 1900 you could not take an insurance policy out of a woman mm -hmm. did you know that no you not couldn't even take enough. an insurance no. policy out on a woman in 1900 wow. huh. so she she was basically I mean, she's my property. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. That's that's the frame of mind that I have, and she's supposed to do what I say. And the moment she doesn't, there's going to be problems. This really helps inform me because I've had a hard time with Bertrand Sr. and Bertie mm -hmm. Jr. I'm sorry, and can you say that one more time? Sure, this really informs uh, my perceptions of the father-son relationship with Bertie and Bertrand Sr. Right. That Bertrand right. Sr. is so... Um, upset that his son won't just do as he says. And as a modern woman, I watch this and I'm like, I don't really relate to this. I understand that that's what parents want, but the way you're explaining it is kind of helping me understand this world better that not only a young woman, oh, but a child in general well, is your property and you're going to want them to do what you say, period. Well, a man can get away with it more than a woman can. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bertie, Bertie can buck his father a little bit and, you know, say, no, listen, I, no disrespect to you. Like he said, mm -hmm. I think in, la in uh, the episode the other night, he, he, uh, he said, uh, or the, what the episode eight, you know, he said, no disrespect to you, but, you know, I have all that here at the Nick right now. I mean, for me to hear that from my daughter, I don't know that I would accept it. I would, I would say, listen, this is the way it is. You, you do what I say. Right, and you know, up I don't until now, any, I'm not want to have any discussion about it. Yeah, and up until so, now, you've been entertaining it, and that's what we've been seeing. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> up until now, you've been entertaining her and her uh, whims. Exactly, but. You know, there's things that are going to happen now, and, and, and she's beginning a new life, and I expect her to live that life. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a, a great way to, you know, for the season to to come to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. now, and, and I'm going to ask you this question knowing full well that you probably can't answer, um, but mm -hmm. uh, if 
if the captain were to find out about what's going on between Cornelia and mm-hmm. Dr. Edwards right now, uh, would there be any sympathy? <laughs> yeah. Would we see a reaction from him? I'm sitting in a car in a parking lot in Charleston, South Carolina, laughing. I, <laughs> I, would, I don't know what I would do. I love Algernon. I mean, you know, he grew up in my house. I always loved him in the very first in the very in the pilot episode I'm not, it wasn't exactly the script that was that was shot but it was very very close to it and um, it you know it talks about the history of Algernon and the family and I have I had a I, I wasn't in the first episode but in the pilot script that I read there was a beautiful scene where he talked about them as children and them playing as children and how I would watch them and how I always knew, I mean, there's a little bit of it in a breakfast scene in mm-hmm. one of the episodes, but, but in this pilot scene that, that doesn't, that didn't exist, we didn't shoot it actually, you know, he talks about how much he, he, he adored mm-hmm. this young man as a child and that he, he, he knew he was exceptional. And, you know, he is the one that sent him to Harvard. Hmm. And arranged for him, and you know, paid That's for right. all that, and got him a great education, and and everything. You know, I mean, he he truly, he truly adores Algernon, and I I can't even fathom what would it, it would be like if he found out what was going on between Algernon and Cornelia, because he, I mean, they were like they were like family, they were like brothers and sisters. Yeah, you know. And not lovers, so so that's that's going to be uh, deeply very confusing and challenging. How Jack, how Jack and Michael and um, how they deal with that, you know, it's going to be very very interesting to see. But I mean, I can't imagine that Captain Robertson would would um, you know take it sitting down. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Granger, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, are you are you on Twitter at all? Can people find you? Oh, yeah, at Granger Hines. Please, at- I would love to talk to anybody. You know, at Granger Hines. And that's uh, spelled uh, G-R-A-I-N-G-E-R-H-I-N-E-S. Yeah, yeah, at Granger Hines. Wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so you guys, thank you so much for all you're doing for the Nick. It's great. We love these shows. We love the sh- and we love your show. Uh, is there anything else that's uh, coming out soon that you want people to keep an eye out for? Well, I have. Yes, I have. I just did Family Fang with uh, Jason Bateman directed with Nicole Kidman. Ooh. Wonderful. That's got. To, I have no idea when it's going to come out. And I have, uh, I have a bunch of independent movies. I have six movies that are that have been completed in the last year. Congratulations! That, uh, you know, one called Hollywood, which is actually shoots in Las Vegas, but it's a wonderful little film that was early on developed at Sundance, uh, and hopefully it's going to, you know, they're going to premiere it there. That's what their plan is. I hope that that happens. But a western called Hot Bath and Stiff Drink. And we did two of those right almost back to back. Shot it in Arizona. I've just been, uh, last year was a busy year for me shooting little independent movies and doing the Nick and, and Absolutely. Uh, staying busy. So looking forward to this year when we go back. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all your success and thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, I really appreciate you having me on the show. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 
What a nice guy. Very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God, we have so much <laughs> more to talk about. But first, I got to talk about iTunes. I say it every week because it's the truth. That's the only reason why I would say it. Why would I lie to you? You, you, never, see, you I value never. you so deeply. Uh, go to iTunes, rate and review the show. It's the easiest and best way to support AfterBuzz TV. We put out the widest array of after-show programming available anywhere for the low, low price of free. It's the best way for us to help get our sponsors, to get our uh, guests like Granger Hines, mm-hmm. like Juliet Rylance last week, uh, like everybody that we've had so far this season. Amazing. And uh, like so our great. guest for our finale show... <laughs> which is next week. Uh, Mr. Andre Holland is going to be on the phone with us. So Dr. Algernon Edwards. Yes. So excited to be talking to him. Uh, and more things in the works. So stay tuned. We may have another announcement next week. Um, but yeah, go to iTunes. Support the show. Support the network. We love you. All right. So, uh, um, yeah, this Thack break-in oh my was so... Wow. Like, just watching Clive Owen, first of all. I mean, this is, this is, this is the Emmy episode, mm-hmm. right? I mean... It, it, watching his descent into pure junky madness and cruelty, yes, and, and desperation, desperation, and how fast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it just it kind of creeped up on us. Yeah, and oh, to, yeah. to the point he's not even being subtle about it. He's breaking things here and there, not caring who can hear him or see him. Mm-hmm. And that scene with Luff was just so, oh, so painful. Very, yeah, very. Where we we literally. We see this man throw aside any and all pride, uh, values, self-respect. morals, mm-hmm. self-respect, and and for what? For drugs? For what seems for like money. money? And it's like, wait a minute! I thought this guy is like a, a wealthy doctor. Has he already run through all of his money just buying opium at higher and higher prices down at Woo's? Probably. Jesus. Or the fact is, is that now it's a kind of extortion situation where he's going to, if he wants to get it, he's going to have to pay a huge premium. Yeah. And he probably doesn't have that kind of cash. No. No, he doesn't. And even to the point where he's asking the contents in the bottle that he was holding, does this this even have drugs that that I want? Anything? Anything? Anything Cocaine? Anything? It was really remarkable, that scene with Lef, um, when he says, you know, I'll do anything. And he's like... Exactly. exactly. What we're looking for in a doctor is vitality, trustworthiness, and incorruptibility. Yeah, the kind of person who would say no to our product. Right, is exactly yeah. who we want. Yeah. But that man is no longer mm-hmm. standing in front of him. No. Um, and uh, the Nurse Elkins, man. I know. Wow. In this episode, she goes to such incredible, impossible lengths to get her man some drugs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think she was capable of well, it. And at what? some point, it's like, it's like, when do you say no? When do you stop? I was, I was very surprised because I think I predicted earlier that she was going to be the one to help mm-hmm. clean up Thackeray. But now she's really the accomplice in all this she's and helping because she loves having this. the cocaine sex. But that's the yeah, thing is at the very end of the episode, I wrote. Wait, she's just as addicted. Like she's not as addicted, but she is addicted. Like she wants that high just as much as he does. But she yeah. also wants the drama of dating the addict, of yes. being with the addict, the highs of having it, the lows of not having it, and the panic and the caretaking and all of that. The adventure. She, she's consistently living out the moment in the pilot where she injects him with the cocaine. Right. That that it is that moment that she's trying to recapture. And also it's a power dynamic because yeah. he needs her. He needs the cocaine. He and without that 
bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't really, I mean, what they have may not be that real, or she may not feel it, uh, that she has a, a real sense of importance, mm-hmm. but because she can deliver the goods and they can have this like intimate drug fueled lovemaking, mm-hmm. um, she's really important. She's the only person he has. It's true. Um, so let, let's go back. So, uh, Obviously, Nurse Elkins, she hears about it in the paper from her roommate, and she knows immediately who the paper is talking about. Yeah. And she flies over there on the Rambler. Um, and uh, and Thackeray is just like... I love the way this scene is shot with him almost just like a hunched over, like a ghoul, a spirit. Like just a silhouette against this like faint lighting coming through the curtains as he ponders over who could have sent her here. Right, right, yeah, and and the fact that she's calling him John by his first name, not even mm-hmm. back anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a very personal relationship now, and she's going over there because she cares about him. Mm-hmm. Also, just I think I don't know about our audience at home, but I know I've had my experience with different kind of drug users, especially those that are really itchy and f- think they have bugs on them. So I thought it was really mm-hmm. interesting, like you know, meth. If you've ever known a meth addict, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, and he's going through that situation of thinking he has bed bugs and itching and paranoia, paranoia. and his temper. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's remarkable. Yeah. The way he shouts her down. Literally, like, she is on her back in a corner because mm-hmm. he's so ferocious. Yeah, and accusing her of spying from Barrows. Like, did Barrow put you up to this? Mm-hmm. And just that paranoia, and she is even frightened at this point. Yeah, and why shouldn't she be? She has every reason to be frightened. Dude's being scary. But she likes it. She likes it. She likes it. <laughs> and that's the worst part, because he is dragging her down a well. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we see young Bertram, young Bertram, who is so sweet. And, like, just the other day was telling his dad how much he's in love with this beautiful girl at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he wants to treat her so well. And he's trying to make her laugh. And he's thinking, he, he thinks the best of his coworkers, even when it's obvious that they're junkies. Um, and, <laughs> oh, shucks. you know, yeah. if she was interested and nice, she'd have a great option, but she's not. No. Yeah. I, I did like the, the, I love the lighting of this particular scene when she's mm-hmm. talking to Thack and she's, he's saying, find me an ocean of cocaine. Yeah. But how it was blue and orange, it shows that there's some, it's not all cold and dark, but there is some warmth and there's some hope in there. Mm. And I was just, there's some, not all is lost. There is a possibility of becoming better and getting clean mm-hmm. that Elkins isn't completely on the down end spiral that Dak is yeah I don't know I, don't I know. agree with that yeah no she's right now well no she stole uh, she stole a whole crate of cocaine from a German hospital mm-hmm. she ran out of there she robbed uh-huh. she robbed a hospital she did and I don't know if this is prediction territory but I thought it was interesting that she chose to use his name yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, you're about to rob a hospital, and now the man you're trying to protect and save, you put his name in there. That's like self-sabotage. Because if they go, oh, who was it? Nurse Thackeray. Yeah. And maybe this is a bit of a reach, but is it kind of like playing at how we're partners? I think so. And, you know, Wanting like, to be Mrs. Thackeray. Oh I totally, because I, I mean, saw she, that. She's young, yeah, and she's doing this for him, but I was thinking, okay, I see what you did there. I see how you're living this little fantasy, mm-hmm. but you could be dragging his name into the mud you even are. further. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I saw it was more of the connection towards Thackeray. It was like, yes, we are together. Yes. The Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing mm-hmm. she's buying into. Well, let's talk about the other sacrifice that she makes this episode. 
uh, well, mm-hmm. even before that, we get this great scene uh, at the hospital where it's uh, Dr. Edwards and Dr. Chickering and Nurse Elkins, and they're gossiping about uh, the article. And Edward and and Chickering's like, I I don't think it's Thackeray. I think it's <laughs> this other guy. And Edwards is like, It's definitely Thackeray. <laughs> this is obviously why. Here are the symptoms that are so plainly obvious. How yeah. did I not see it? Superhuman. Mm-hmm. And and Nurse Elkins is like, Well, maybe that's just what distinguishes a good man from a great man. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, honey, you're <laughs> sleeping with him, aren't you? Yeah. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Except for Bernie doesn't seem to he catch on. Get it. Oh, yeah. Weird laugh. Poor Bernie. Poor Bernie. Yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah, he has all those things, but this guy, he's just he, he's, he rubs me the wrong way. He's got a weird laugh. I bet he's but he's a, the drug yeah, drug. Yeah, he's the junkie for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got this weird laugh. That's what cocaine does to you, right? It mm-hmm. gives you a weird laugh. Um yeah, I love just Algernon's just like little like there there Pat <laughs> as he walks away, um, and uh, Mister Mister Barrow immediately when Nurse Elkins is just rattling off all these extra symptoms, he's like, mm. <laughs> you, you. Yeah. come here. All right, obviously you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You've got the inside scoop. I'm not going to name your relationship with Doctor Thackeray, but you got to tell me what's up. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, she's like, so there's no cocaine left anywhere? He's like, nowhere. Um, she's like, have you checked the the unreputable places? And he had already <laughs> gone to Mr. Collier. And I love seeing Bunky Collier. Yeah, um, yeah, he's just he's got great. this like delightfully Muppety face. Yes, um, and uh, he puts it to great use. Uh, and he's very specific in the way that he enunciates all of his words and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, and... Uh, he he tells Barrow that he's going to give him uh, some cocaine for Thackeray, but to never, ever tell him what is in his best interest ever again. And he's going to yeah, put it on his tab, like for his loan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to add it to his loan. Uh, and lo and behold, it's not even real cocaine. It's just salt water. Salt water. Which, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm surprised, but... But Mr. Barrow does say, listen, you can't get your loan back without this guy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he needs to be functioning, and that's the only way I'm going to be able to pay you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, I mean, I guess. He's this basically. Guy is unscrupulous. Yeah. No, he's matter. basically saying, screw you. Yeah. You'll get me my money anyway. Right. Or I'll kill you. Right. Duh. Yeah. Or I politics that are going on. Yeah, it's just basically I'm not going to give you anything. Either you're going to give me everything that you owe me, or you'll give me as much as you can, and and I'll bleed you dry, (laughs) and then I'll kill you. Yes, yeah. Um, So Nurse Elkins, after that's a complete wash, she finally goes to woo uh, because she had stalked Thackeray there before. Yeah, um, and uh, he doesn't have any cocaine, but he has an interesting uh, proposition. Yes. Yes. like you got tiny little feet, you know. We uh, we Chinese, we like the tiny feet. Uh, we like our concubines to have those tiny feet, and there's a maneuver they can do called the golden lotus, which involves a foot in my mouth as I am uh, receiving pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do that, I'll give you seven uh, gra- grains of opium and a hundred Yankee dollars. Um, <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's, hey, that's, 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 that's a generous. lot back then. That's not nothing to sneeze at. The insurance policy, remember, was 35 bucks a year. On exactly. The on the so entire hospital. A lot of money. Which, which begs the question, was it, was it just that she put her foot in his mouth? Or was he having sex with her while she had her foot in his mouth? Okay. 
So here's my hmm. take on it. If my first thought was Golden Lotus thinking, hmm, flower, okay, I'm thinking this is like a sexual thing Me other too. than the foot. But did a little research and find out that the Golden Lotus is involved with the tiny foot and the foot is bound and it ends up looking like a lotus, which is really disgusting. Um, but here's here's what I think. As a woman, we've all been there. Well, many of us have been there. Where You have? Well, not no. exactly in the opium den, but might as well be when, you know, a man or a young boy, if you're a teenager, is uh, going, oh, you know, just, why don't you just do this with me? But of course, they're going to be going for something more. So mm-hmm. when I hear this yeah, Golden really Lotus it. business, I'm thinking, oh, I just, what he's saying, I just want your foot. But what he really means is I want to have sex with you and have your foot in my mouth. And I think she, I don't know if she knew that or understood that, but she did at some point. I think so, too, because we see all these things that Elkins is doing, the limits that she's willing to go to just for to get drugs for Thack. Mm-hmm. I would not put a pasture that she would actually go all the way and sleep with him just for but all this. But they are in a whorehouse. I mean, there's, a, yeah. there's plenty yeah. of women to choose from. She could just take her dainty little foot in his mouth while he's having it that with is, someone else. That is very true, but we're seeing the lengths that she's going to, so I'm not... She would have half a mind see, to do this. I guess. I would agree with you both. She just lost her virginity like six months ago. I just can't... Not even six months ago. Like, maybe a month ago. ago. Or a month now, it's probably like two, three. It just seems extreme. It's very extreme. But for the man she loves, she might. And all the sex she's having is cocaine sex, too. So Mm. I don't know. Or at least like a nice portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of it. But then here's the other side of it. We have Thackeray when she brings in the opium is like I hope you didn't. I go. hope he didn't. He didn't ask you to give you your golden lotus. And uh, the I know he's like in full junkie breakdown mode, but he's so nonchalant about it that it makes it sound like more like a kink, like putting a foot in your mouth that was, than it is about having sex. That's kind of what I got out of it too, where he yeah. was like, "Oh, I hope he didn't ask you for that weird thing." Mm-hmm. Um, wait, how did you get this stuff? Like he he cares, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it doesn't sound like... And well, she tried it in her bike. Yeah, she says that I, I sold my bike, uh, sold the Rambler. Oh, the Rambler. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, no. I, and I was, like, sad that she sold the bike, but I was much sadder that she had done the Golden Lotus. Yeah. Um, yeah. But did she sell the bike? No, she has the bike. Yeah. She, she lied, lied to us. Okay. So that's the, so that's the thing, is junkies lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's becoming a junkie, too. Yeah, but her is. addiction is, is to Thackeray. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll do anything to keep the rush going, Mm -hmm. including rob a hospital. Which we find out (laughs) at the beginning of the episode that um, a regular Mm B&E breaking and entering is five Five years years. at Sing Sing. Mm -hmm. So that's a really big deal that she would go into this hospital and like raid their pharmacy. And also, with cocaine being as expensive as it is right now, that's like hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. worth of cocaine, which now is probably tens of thousands of dollars that she robbed. That could be grand larceny. Yeah. And the fact that she's a woman doing all this, too, mm-hmm. is very unexpected. Brazen, yeah. Yeah. in fact. But I think you're absolutely right. She's just, she's turning into a junkie, and he's the drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fresh. Douse it. No. I'm gonna douse <gasps> yours. <laughs> and we were all like, yes. Ah, yeah. uh, weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, awesome. we see we see Thackeray um, go to the absolute depths this episode, uh, the scene with Luff, and then also the scene where, the sequence where he is uh, trying to refine all of these leftover Coca-Colas into something mm. Coca, and, and I and honestly, I thought 
when he injected himself, he was going to have some sort of adverse reaction mm-hmm. from something else in there. Uh, but no, he was just upset. At this point, I, he's, his insides have to be petrified to some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like Seriously. I don't know anything's going to affect him. Yeah. I loved the editing in this particular scene. How it was so fast cut montage. Mm-hmm way that it was like cut to cut to cut. He's going through all these steps just to get the smallest high from this and he's so desperate and to literally destroy it at the end and break all the bottles because he's just so frustrated it didn't work. But everything he's doing just to get that one And rush. it's not even a high anymore. No. This is just so he doesn't feel it's ill. Just it's just to hold him yeah, over. This is just to not be sick. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's he gets too much pleasure from it unless it's with Nurse Elkins. It's true. Otherwise it's just to stay even kill. And even then, I feel like it's almost more of like an animal thing than it is about even like conscious pleasure, mm-hmm. at least in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just sort of like, thank you for bringing me these drugs. Let's have drug sex. Yes. Thank you for drugs. Here is drugs. Yes. You may now have drugs because you brought me drugs. <laughs> um, all right. So, meanwhile, we have uh, some more tragedies oh, yeah, yeah, in this episode. Um, Cornelia, when she marches into that hospital, we know that we know what's up. We know something's really wrong. And uh, and first of all, can I just say this episode and the episode previous, Doctor Edwards in his white coat, he looks like such a natural there. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I'm trying to even remember what he was wearing before, but now he's so very clearly part of this hospital. And his name's on the door. I love it. And I even noticed this is like kind of other subject. I feel like a lot of characters have swagger in this episode. <laughs> like Bertie, I feel like he's got a little bit of confidence. He's got a little pep in his step, you know. What when he's accusing uh, Nurse Elkins of being overly solicitous to Nur- Doctor yes. Thackeray? Yes. He's got a little pep in his step, and same with uh, Algie. I feel like before he finds out what Cornelia has to share with him, mm-hmm. he's got he's getting comfortable at yeah. the neck, and you can tell. Well, later mm-hmm. in the episode, yeah. we get that great moment where uh, where he's with a patient, and he says, uh, "Sir, don't be alarmed. I am a colored man." And the guy's like, "I don't care. He's so blind. Yeah, he's got cataracts, so it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. he could care. Yeah, right. He could yeah. care. And so that was a nice moment. Yeah." Um, Less nice was, uh, well, also actually very nice was Cornelia reveals, uh, or Algernon deduces that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and, um, he's over the moon about it. I know. So sweet and sad. So sweet and sad. I want them to be able to have this kid. Me too. I want them to have their love child. Because, you know, Cornelia wanted, wanted a kid too, but also just like everything that's going on, the society, how they would get viewed. Being an interracial and having this the type pain of child. on Algernon's yes. face, yes, because no, he the, wants to be a father. Mm-hmm. The worst is when she says, "Keep your voice down." Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't even have to say anything. All she's just trying to hush him from being too excited, and that look of pain. And she's got pain too. I mean, I'm sure that this is something that she does want on some level, but mm-hmm. she's trying to be realistic that. He's going to be lynched. She might be lynched. Like, what is going to happen to this child? And there's the pain on his part of knowing that if he, if Algernon was white, they could get away with yes. it. Yep. And she would leave her husband, and they would, I believe that to be true. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, find a way to, if she didn't want to leave her husband, but didn't want to lose the baby, she could find a way to get Philip to be involved so that they could... Make it seem well, she like she said, "I could fake it. I mm-hmm. could pretend that it was his baby, but everyone's gonna know when it comes mm-hmm. out." Yeah, yeah, it's it's really sad, and 
you know, she's like, do you really want to keep it? And he's like, of course. Of course I want to keep it. I love you. Let's I want to be. Europe. Let's go to Europe. They're so progressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Europe. Let's go to Liberia. And I'm, I'm like, first of all, Cornelia is not going to Liberia. No. No. She doesn't even want to go to San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. Um, but her resistance to Europe... I don't know. I, I want them to go so badly. No. She's like, it doesn't matter where we go. It'll never work out. And so I was wrong because last week I was predicting that Algernon would choose medicine. Hmm. And in this case, it's not that choice at all. It's that mm-hmm. she's choosing family. Oh, or, two weeks ago. Yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. That's right. Um, she's choosing family or mm-hmm. she's choosing what she's supposed to do. Hmm. Well, I think yeah. she's she's choosing him or she wants to. Uh, or she wants to choose him, but she, she, I think she still is choosing him. Her, her giving up this baby is as much about saving him as anything. That's a good point. I think that's a great point. But saving him and breaking his heart. Yes. You know, and where does that leave them? Well, it leaves them down in his former clinic alone. On a dirty uh-huh. mattress. Because mm-hmm. they, I guess they ripped out all the equipment at some point because he's no longer down there. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's he says, you know, I can do this procedure, but I can't do it to you. I can't do it to my own baby. Mm-hmm. I can't kill my own baby. Um, and a part of me is just like, she's sitting with Sister Harriet. I'm like, talk to her about yeah. your troubles. She's a nun. I know. Oh, God. I know. I the irony. The con- yeah. It's definitely the irony. I did love the conversation that she was having with Harriet, just questioning, um, you know, immortality and being immortal souls moving on and the... You know, just the philosophical aspects of everything. Well, and Harriet even says, you know, all children are blessed by God, born or unborn. Mm. So there's that, you know... Religion. Yeah, well, she's bringing it up, and there was an opportunity, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're definitely... I don't think Cornelia's in a station. They're both knee-deep in shameful secrets. Yes. Yeah, but... Also, at this point, Cornelia doesn't know what Harriet does on the side. No, mm-hmm. she doesn't. So she wouldn't have brought that up in that situation. No, but to even ask, what do girls do that have this problem? Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways to ask questions to get the information that you want. Yeah. But I don't think up until now she didn't think that Algie wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But That's true. But the situation that she's putting him in. Well, and she then, thought that there was just medicine that she could take. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And procedure. then the situation he's putting in her, conversely, she's naked. Yeah. She's so vulnerable. If this doesn't mm-hmm. happen, her life is ruined and his life is over, probably. Mm-hmm. And then who's, his career is over. Who's going to want this child? Like, there's just so many issues at hand. Horrible. And that's something that I don't think I would have really thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think interracial relations are a challenge today. I can't imagine. Um, you know, we saw the riot, the race riots, essentially yeah. what happened. Like, she's right. She should be afraid for his life and even hers or their child's. Mm-hmm. But also the position that both in, because right now she's a woman with power and she has yeah, a, a powerful position at the NIC. And even he's a man of color who has a powerful position at the NIC. So they have a lot to lose. Mm. And to have a child get in the way of that, I mean, I can understand not justifying anything, of course, but they've at a rare position in society right now to have something like this ruin that. But she's not in power. Her father's put her in power and he's ready to take it away. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she has to make that decision of like, this whole life is art is about to be over anyways. Yeah. That's why I would have thought she would say yes. I would be like, yeah, let's blow it up. Plus your father-in-law wants to rape you. So this Pretty would be a great much. reason to get away. Repeatedly. Yeah. Gross. And have incest kids. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, last thing, uh, Edwards and Gallinger nearly come to blows as Gallinger, uh, you know, is like, how dare you change my, my patient's, uh, uh, my patient's treatment. Uh-huh. Castor oil has always been, and, and Algy just looks past him as Eleanor wheels, wheels the pram uh-huh. into the hospital and she, she drowned. She drowned the baby. She drowned uh-huh. the baby. I was afraid this was going to happen (laughs) a few (laughs) episodes back, um, thinking like, okay, I can see where there's the good intention of bringing the new child in, but this woman is deeply disturbed, and if he's going to be at work, who's going to make sure that this child is okay? Mm -hmm. And we saw last episode that the diaper wasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It definitely was a bad omen. And did you see how bad Gallinger looked when he's approaching Dr. Edwards? He looks, I even thought for a second... Wait, is he a junkie too? Oh wait, no, he has a brand new baby at home mm-hmm. and a wife that's crazy. That's why he looks so crappy. Yeah. Um, but now what? Well, he puts her into a mental institution. Which he has to, he I has think. To. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think there's a choice. It's, you know, she's a danger to herself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, John Hodgman was one of the guys who was taking her away. Comedian John Hodgman. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's just there? No lines? He's just there? That's amazing. Was the guy with the mustache? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John Hodgman. Yeah. What? What? All right. Uh, um, but in any case, uh, this guy's been put through the ringer. Yeah. I think, I think I'm about ready to, let's, let's, let's let him in to our hearts. Let's love him. Yeah. Let's, let's give him a he nice, positive storyline next I season. I totally agree. Way but into that. It, he is the character who needs to change the most mm-hmm. in it's his true. ways. And this is the way for, his the the writing itself to force this character to change his ways. Yeah, it's a Very good catalyst. Smart. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, we got to wrap it up here. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us this week for another installment of the Nick After Show. We are going to be back next week with the finale, the tenth episode of the season, with guest Andre Holland. Please come back for that. Marissa Serafini, where can the people find you? Everyone can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. Okay, and Oriana Leo. On Instagram at Oriana Leo, Twitter Miss Oriana Leo, and on YouTube, please subscribe to youtube.com forward slash the Oriana Leo. You can also find me uh, on the American Horror Story After Show. Okay, I want to thank Granger Hines again for joining us. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. You can find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube, and uh, search for me on YouTube. Search for me. You can. Uh, subscribe to my channel where I'm doing a daily vlog and there will be TV stuff in the future. Thank you all so much. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.